promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. the king. You may keep your gifts and give your rewards to someone else. However, I will read the inscription for the king and make the interpretation known to him. Your majesty, the most high God, gave sovereignty, greatness, glory, and majesty to your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar. Because of the greatness he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages were terrified and fearful of him. He killed anyone he wanted and kept alive anyone he wanted. He exalted anyone he wanted and humbled anyone he wanted. But when his heart was exalted, and his spirit became arrogant. He was deposed from his royal throne, and his glory was taken from him. He was driven away from people. His mind was like an animal's. He lived with the wild donkeys. He was fed grass like cattle, and his body was drenched with dew from the sky until he acknowledged that the Most High God is ruler over human kingdoms and sets anyone he wants over them. But you, his successor, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart even though you knew all this. Instead, you have exalted yourself against the Lord of the heavens. The vessels from his house were brought to you, and as you and your nobles, wives, and concubines drank wine from them, you praised the gods made of silver and gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or understand, but you have not glorified the God who holds your life breath in his hand and who controls the whole course of your life. Therefore, he sent the hand and the writing was inscribed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a section out of Daniel 5. We're we're skipping ahead a little bit because I actually read two portions of the Old Testament every every day. And uh, the, the portions I've been reading in 2 Chronicles have been fine, but they didn't really seem to fit, especially with the theme that we have for this week, talking about lead us not into temptation. And here we have Daniel, Daniel 5, and this is the moment in which Nebuchadnezzar is no longer king over over Babylon. Belshazzar has been his successor, and the hand shows up. Some of you may know the story. This this mysterious hand shows up while they're having this feast, and and as, as Daniel says, they bring in all of the vessels, the the cups and the plates and all that stuff that they had taken out of Solomon's temple in Jerusalem. And they used them to toast to other gods, toast to idols. And and specifically, it says here, the gods of, of silver and gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone, as though they are, they are things to be worshipped. And so this hand shows up. And if you, if you know the rest of the story, it, 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 it writes on the wall, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parson. And Daniel ends up getting, he's called in to do this interpretation of the text because for some reason, uh, even though it, it was basically written in Aramaic, for some reason, the people of Babylon could not read the handwriting. I don't know, maybe God's handwriting is a little messy. Who knows? 
but it's this this place where where God comes to to Belshazzar and says that your days have have been numbered, uh, the days of your kingdom they're they're brought to an end. That you've been weighed and measured, and you've been found wanting, and that your kingdom is going to be given to the to the Persians. But it all, uh, you have the hand show up and then you have this interaction with Daniel and then you have that interpretation and it says that, the, that uh, Belshazzar is, is killed and Darius the Mede receives the kingdom at the age of 62 and, and all this stuff. But the section that Daniel preaches to Belshazzar, he tells him of what happened to Nebuchadnezzar just a chapter or so before that Nebuchadnezzar has another dream that he can't interpret and Daniel has to interpret it for him and it says that God is going to be tearing you down. You've exalted yourself. You've puffed yourself up. You've allowed pride to take you away and you assume that all things are because of your greatness, your awesomeness, when it's not that case. That it is that you have to know that the Most High God is ruler over human kingdoms. And he sets anyone he wants over them, is what is said to, to Nebuchadnezzar multiple times. And here Daniel reiterates that as he retells the story to, to Belshazzar, who should have known, right? Should have known the story, but he didn't. But then I, I love the section right after that. Because first, Belshazzar gets ripped for not humbling his heart. Even though he knew all of this story, he still lifted himself up. And I think that, that goes to show something of our human character, right? That even when we get humbled, it's the human character, it's the human nature, it's the sinner in us that will push us toward exalting ourselves as often as we possibly can. Exalting ourselves above all things, <laughs> wanting to make sure that we are in charge, that we have the power, that, that we understand that, uh, that everything comes from us rather than from God, that we just need to work harder, we need to do better, we need to get, 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 and things will be fine. That's where our anxiety comes from, it's where all those things come from. And that's the biggest temptation. The biggest temptation for us as sinners is to remove ourselves from God or to just decide, well, God doesn't matter to us. And so we cast him off. We think we can anyways. Of course, we can't. <laughs> but he, that's what he says to Belshazzar. Instead, you have exalted yourself against the Lord of the heavens. And that's the biggest worry, I think. Lead us not into temptation. Sometimes I wonder if that is our prayer that we bring to God to say, please do not remove me from you. Don't allow me to place other things ahead of you. Don't allow me to craft other gods, but instead keep me focused on you. Grant me that mercy and grace. Hold me close to you. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves at a party toasting the gods of gold and silver and iron and bronze and stone and wood and all that stuff. And after he ridicules him for that, though, I, I love how he says, these, these gods which you are praising, they don't see, they don't hear, they don't understand. They aren't able to do any of those things, but the God of the heavens can. And he knows you. And he's come to speak to you. That's why I'm here. 
I'm your preacher, to speak to you of your sin, to rebuke you of it, in hopes that you might repent and be raised. And then he says, you have not glorified the God who holds your life breath in his hand and who controls the whole course of your life. It's a, it's a dangerous statement because we need to try and stay away from fatalism, right? We need to try and stay away from this assumption made that, well, everything is up to God. What I had for breakfast this morning, it was up to God. Uh, what I put on this morning for, for clothing, up to God. Uh, the route that Josiah and I took to the high school, up to God. All of those things. We kind of need to be uh, careful with that. Instead, we need to be thinking of this as that number one, he holds our very breath in the palms of his hands. That we breathe and our heart beats without us thinking about it. And then the whole course of our life, life as in life in God, is in his hands. Remember, we talked a few weeks ago about how the will of God is to give you life. The will of God is for you to trust him, to believe in him, to place yourself at his mercies because he holds your very lifeblood, your life breath in the, in the palms of his hands. And that's our hope. That's our prayer. Our prayer and our hope when we pray, lead us not into temptation, I think in many ways needs to be this prayer of God. Help me to remember that. Help me to remember that you hold my physical life in the palms of your hands and that the course of my life in you is in your hands. You giving me faith, you sending your spirit to me to rebuke me of my sin, but then to raise me to new life in Christ. May that be our prayer this week as we continue looking at this petition. Let us pray. O oh God, who tempts no one to sin, we pray to you so to guard and keep us that the devil, the world, and our own flesh may not deceive us nor lead us into error, unbelief, despair, and other great and shameful sins. And that though we be thus tempted, we may finally prevail and gain victory through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we will see you tomorrow, tomorrow with our psalm. Thank you.